stealing all of Hobbs's old speckled hens because they've been looking at me in the fridge for a couple of months now. Good. And I keep going in there and being like, nah, they're his. They were a birthday present from TJ. I shouldn't. But had to help it for the podcast. I'll yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's like, it's a, it's a tax write-off. It's a business. It's a purpose. tax write-off. We really need to look at whether or not this is, that we should get an ABN sorted for this. Yeah, set it up as a partnership, run it as a loss. Yeah, we need to pay ourselves a salary. Oh, there's got to be easier ways to do that. Yeah, there almost certainly has, but... Just call, call it a not-for-profit and we're volunteers, but it's a business. Interesting. But no, not-for-profits are actually really annoying. Yeah, they have loads of regulations around it. Registered charity, that's easier. Mm, no, that's actually a lot harder than just a not-for-profit. What about if we incorporate as a nation? Why are you making it harder? <laughs> okay, how about we overthrow Tasmania? All right, that's... Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's easy. <laughs> There's like, what, 10 people down there? We can <laughs> yeah, take them. Four of them are old. Yeah. Five of them aren't. Hello, folks, and welcome to episode 62 of Hey Brew. 61. 60... Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's 61. Yeah. The podcast where we don't count, and um, <laughs> it's the kind of podcast where you tell stories, the kind that you would tell in the pub. Um, my name is Elliot. My name is Mike. It was going to be good. Yeah. And, yeah. And, no, and, and in typical fashion. I wouldn't it. normally derail your intro like that, but... You literally just confirmed what episode number it was about five minutes ago. I know, I know. And, and we literally never do the episode numbers either no. at the top. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. That's going to be a new thing. Immediate <laughs> failure. This is what happens when I'm sober. Well, we can fix that. Yeah, that's getting hit of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I was trying to think of some of the other things we need to describe the podcast and I can't. So let's just go into it. Yeah. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, you know, lockdown weekend, tomorrow's my birthday. That's another lockdown oh, birthday for I'm me. I'm really sorry, man. I forgot that. That's, um, it's fine. I don't remember anyone's birthdays anymore. That's fair <laughs> enough. Except maybe like three or four people. I'll, I'll, I'll send you something. Not through the post, just one of these. Just gave him the finger there. Really unnecessary. Sorry, Mike. That's fine. It's happy, kind of what I expect. Happy birthday, Eve. Thank you. <laughs> Here's a finger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Again, in the post. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah, fair enough. Have you got um, Have you got any special beer put aside for it? Um, not special beer, but I did recently get a whole fucking massive order in. Yes, you did. Do, yeah. you, mind, do you mind if I ask, and yes. you don't have to say on mic, you can bleep this, uh-huh. how much did you spend? Because it's quite a lot of beer. Yeah, so I, I put in a big old order at... Um, Almost local to me now, Purvis Beer. Um, <laughs> I love that as a caveat. Almost local well, to me Well, they were outside now. my five kilometer radius, so I had to pay for delivery. But then Pain ju- the between the time of it leaving the store and it arriving at my house, the radius expanded to 10 kilometers. So I would have been able to go and pick it up. Because <laughs> they're like seven kilometers away or something. Well, I just ordered something from Stomping Ground, which we'll come into in a bit. And it's like delivery or pickup. I was like, oh, I'll pick up. It's like... 11 till 4, Monday to Friday. It's like, oh, so the days when obviously I can't get over there to pick yeah, it up. Great. Yeah. Dicks. Um, but yeah, I got, what is it? Nine different beers, all of which in four packs. And that ran me, I think, like 220 thereabouts. That is not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. They're, so I mean, nine, I, I didn't get four, any of my... six beers. That's yeah, I didn't right. get any of my typical, like, tall boys or weird um, high alcohol beers, which are usually a bit more expensive. No, these these look like fridge fillers. It's a little bit. Uh, A friend of mine actually described it as um, beers in the backyard selection um, Mm. because it's a lot of like sours and very hoppy IPAs, which I want because the weather's we're coming into springtime and it's it's kind of that vibe where I I want yeah I want to taste a beer that tastes like cut grass smells. Mm. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of the vibe. Give me hope for the future. Yeah, although one of, alcohol. one of them I did pick up, um, I've, I found out literally yesterday, the same day the order arrived, that it's part of a recall. Um, oh, it's the what's tall, that? Tall Boy and Moose Nice Cola Sour, All right. which I was actually oh, really excited cola about. Cola Sours are really yeah. nice. Man, don't tell me you tipped them. I did, yeah. No. Well, no, actually, I didn't tip them. I just threw them out because that was the recommendation. 
So what was the recall over? Uh, it's it's a similar thing. I think it happened with my Canvint a couple of years ago, where it was like risk of can explosion from secondary fermentation. Oh yeah, you just open those. It's just because it'll build more CO2 if you yeah, leave it. Know, so you just I open know. them. But I also then went and read the recall notice and it said, don't do that specifically. Oh, uh, okay. And I'm going to trust that. So Yeah. I think, also- I, I think they do have a liability element where they're like, people could get hurt. Yes. But yeah, yes. I know that people generally just like crack it open and drink it straight away. It's, yeah. But I do understand. It's always a pain. Um, that's all right. Like the, the recall if you said let them just know, they contact- usually send you another one. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. The recall notice just said contact Tallboy and Moose. Um, so I've done that, and then I'll yeah. see what happens. They, they're pretty Fair good folks. Play. Yeah, um, yeah. They're uh, local boys, Preston. Yeah, that's it. It's a nice brewery, actually. I didn't rate it first time I went there. I thought it was a bit dull. And then they have just been putting out banger after banger recently. Yeah, yeah. I think they've they've gone through a bit of a brand refresh, which I think I've spoken about um, a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also, if you ever get to their brewery, the kitchen is fucking immaculate. The food is so yeah. good. Yeah. Really good, yeah. yeah. Fair play. I haven't had the food there. I must give it a try. Mm. I know Deeds are doing quite a lot since their brewery opened in like, um, they're doing a lot of lockdown food stuff. They are, like, yeah. I'm getting the emails from them quite regularly and getting annoyed that I can't get over there. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but I know what you mean by fridge, like the, the backyard beer stuff. So so I've just made a conscious decision now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start working my way through some of those fucking beers in the fridge because I've got loads and loads of different unique beers. Mm. And apart from the Stout Day ones... I need to start clearing out those dark beers because we're getting into nice weather. Yeah. And it looks like Stout Day is getting pushed back for another year. Um, yes. Who knows? Um, but the other stuff I can start getting through so I can start filling it maybe with some like fours and sixes. But last yeah. week I did some weeding and bought myself um, some crankshaft and some double time hazy IPA from hazy pale from um, Deeds. Yes. Just had like, yeah, just it's just nice to have like beer mm. yeah i just no, miss I, beer i had uh what is it overdrive from dainton last oh, night I had a couple of those their fifth anniversary this week yeah it is too um but yeah it was just it was just the fucking exactly what i wanted west coast ipa big fucking mm. smack a hot flavor um yeah. and then the kaiju aftermath uh double ipa from them great beer i love that one so much that's a great it's, brewery that's when are prob- they gonna open yeah up? i think that is probably my favorite kaiju yeah Fair play. Very good. Do you know what? When are they going to open up? Or, more likely, when are they going to get snapped up by a big brewery, just quietly? Ooh. Because they'll be cheap. We need to talk about stone and wood. We do. Um, God, that's the big uh, just, story. Just, just before we, we do, um, apart from that, any yes. other good beers? Um, no, that, that's it. I've just you know tried a couple out of that big order and had a good time. Good stuff. Um, I've I've put the, the stomping ground order in as a save. That's for the Locktoberfest. That's their German beers and german food package which i'm very excited about yes i i am pumped for that and then um otherwise um i've been drinking a bit of non-alcoholic beer recently just trying to try and take the alcohol consumption down a bit yeah. um because my issue is that i can sit and start drinking and then i'll either drink like 12 well like last weekend i was saying you know i had like five beers across the day i was like oh, it's not that many and a bottle of wine it's like that's yeah that's that'll put you over the edge yeah <laughs> um so yeah just trying to trying to cut down on that slightly but um mm. Yeah, this weekend's been a sober one, except for this episode, obviously. Well, so. yeah, special occasion, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I always forget and then do sober weekends when I'm recording, and then I'm like, whoops, silly me. Every two weeks, you're just like, yeah. oh, time for another one. Wait, damn. That's it. Well, I don't really drink during the week, so, you know, I try not to. Um, so I try and limit it to the weekends, etc. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you know, my um, tragic alcoholism <laughs> indoors aside, let's talk about Byron Bay. Yes. I think for people that aren't us and don't follow brewery news, um, long-time independent big brewery for Australia, Stone and Wood, got bought by Lion, as yeah. as did um, Fixation and Two Birds, I think, as part of the same deal. Yeah, it's correct. So, so it was technically Stone and Wood's holding company called yeah. Fermentum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they own they own a couple of different brands. Um, yes. Stomping Ground, excuse me, um, Stone and Wood in Byron Bay, Fixation in Collingwood. And two birds down here in Spotswood. Yes. So, interesting. Um, interesting uh, is generous. Um, I, I uh, think, like, independent breweries getting bought up is always something of a touchy subject for how, like, protective of being independent a lot of breweries are. Yeah. Stone and Wood, however, have historically been very fucking vocal about independent breweries should stay independent, not try to get bought up. And then also they've basically publicly said, we'll never 
get bought will never sell so so this this is my entire issue with it like so previous big breweries bolter pirate life mm. uh before our time mounting well before like we were really knowing each other or anything mountain goat and uh malt shovel or matilda bay whatever they're called back then all mm. been bought out by uh cub or asahi and stuff like that in the yeah. past right and it is always a shame and a bit sad to see a good brewery get bought up by a multinational in some ways because you're like well it's nice to, to to have choice and independence and stuff like that. Like we all we all love that, and and, yeah. and you know, you and I are both quite. We understand the advantages and stuff of like you know, multinational capitalism. We also yeah. are both a bit like well, we also want to support local brands and stuff like that, and we are both exactly ardent socialists. Yeah, um, pretty much. So, I think I'm gonna just talk a bit here. So I apologize. Please just That's cut fine. me off if you think I'm waffling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thing about this is when Stomping Ground, uh, not Stomping Ground, I can't stop saying that. When Sto- no, when um, Pirate Life and Bolter got bought, I thought it was a shame. I thought they were both quite open and honest about it and both very protectionist about the brand and saying, look, we've made sure that things are going to remain mm. good. Yeah. And I think that it was a sad thing, but I totally understand the point. Yeah. And I totally also understand like the opportunities that getting the massive cash injection, which being bought out, bought out gives you. Yeah, for sure. And the, the guys from Bolter were very, very open about saying for the last five, 10 years, Bolter's been a massive cash furnace. Yeah. And it's been amazing and we've loved it. But those people that helped us at the beginning, they gave us loads and loads of money to help us get this set up. The best thing we've been able to do for them realistically is every couple of weeks, drop them a slab and be like, we'll pay you back one day. We'll pay you back one day. Yeah. And then when the people came with the cash, they were like, it's not ideal, but it means we can pay back those people that believed in us. Mm. And I think that's, fuck, like I'm a little bit goosebumps at how like- yeah. It's kind of selfless and nice that is. Don't get me wrong. There was also a check in it for for themselves. Yeah, but no, like, of course. It's, I think the motivations are fair. My issue with Stone and Wood is that their labels say, used to say, fiercely independent and always will be. Yeah, exactly. And when fucking Pirate Life and Bolter got bought, the uh, one of the founders of Stone and Wood was an absolute, um, and Mike, mark this moment because you're going to need to do it. It was an absolute about it repeatedly in the press yes because he was like oh we'll never get bought out you know these people are just sucking up to the money and all this sort of stuff we're always independent man it's bullshit like anyone who says you need to do this is talking crap and you know blah 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 he was such a dick about it and i wouldn't have had a problem with it if it wasn't for that yeah no i'm the same because i i've enjoyed i've enjoyed some of the beers for a long time yeah and now pacific ale is probably the most widespread best beer you can get in australia yes but now now I just I think I'm actually just going to avoid their products. You know, like uh, yeah, I'm tempted to too. But then like there's loads of other people that work there, and then like do I avoid two birds? Do I avoid fixation? Which oh yeah, both and, which and, I love and are like, local. Me, one person doing that is not going to make a difference. No, no, I know. And but I'm if it was the other way around, to, I'm not telling other people to do it either. No, I, and I appreciate that. But if it's the other way around, I'd be like, why should I bother? It's only me making a difference. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just find it difficult. I, I do understand yeah, where you come just, from. Yeah, the principle I, is tainted now. Yeah, like it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, I've still since Pirate Life and Bolter got bored. I've still had some of their stuff. I um, have too because I didn't think they're, they're still good. Yeah, yeah, and they they went about it in a pretty honest way, right? Yeah, um, they weren't out there publicly, like in the press, yelling at breweries when they did get bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I forget the chap's name. I think his name is Bill um something or other. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's made himself look like an absolute twat in the industry. Yeah. yeah. I think um and I don't think he cares because he's obviously the kind of person that crows like that and then yeah, is a hypocrite. Goes and gets his. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I would have been if if he hadn't been so outspoken about it, I think I would have been like that's a shame. I'll still continue to drink it. Yeah. I think now I will actively avoid stone and wood fixation and two birds. I think I will continue to drink. Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't think I've ever seen anything of the of that sort from them. No, and 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 the two women that started two birds, both local. Uh, the brewery's mm. local. They're also fucking great, and um, female representation in the brewery industry is so important. Yes. Um, the fixation thing here in Collingwood is great um, and also that all the people that work there I've met are really nice like we've always had a great yeah. time there great staff yeah um, but yeah the the owners or former owners or founders of Stone and Wood can go and 
jump off the shortest cliff they can find. A long walk off a short pier. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't really think it through. Yeah, I was just <laughs> just annoyed. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, oh, yeah. Should we move on to today's beer? Yeah, yeah. Let's from um, from, an, from a still independent brewery. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm I'm going to have to go grab a slightly different beer, but um, yes. you uh, might want to crack that into the mic and start um, talking about what we're drinking. Uh, well, I mean, I'll wait till you get back. That'll be fine. Sorry, I just shit myself. <laughs> Great. So all the noise was it's just yes. me forcing one out. Yes, Beautiful. very good. Um, okay. I'm now going to open this can. All right. Actually, no. I'm going to talk about it first because I've just also noticed the blurb on the side, which I really kind of want to read out. Please do. Um, so from Little Bang Brewing, uh, who are in South Australia, mm. uh, I've got Geezer Pleaser. Um, it's a good name. I fucking love the can too. It's basically just a giant Union Jack with yeah, the that, words that, Geezer Pleaser in the middle of it. Leaning into it very hard, aren't they? Yes. Um, but this little blurb on the side before I crack it and pour it and you can tell me what you've got. Um, I'm just going to read this whole thing. It's so good. Here's a beer to please a geezer. It's geezer pleaser. She's extra special and extra special British bitter. Never better than together with a pie and chips or even better fish and batter. A greasy appetizer fit for the likes of Julius Caesar. She's a breezy, easy cleanser. This here pleaser, most agreeable in her sweet demeanor. Hopefully that's enough to tease you. She's a geezer, he's a geezer. Here's a beer that's sure to please you. Some copywriter somewhere had a great time. (laughs) This is like when you see those headlines where you're just like, you fucking saw a goal, an open goal, and you went for it. Yes. Um... That is delightful. Anyway, I'm gonna. That's open. really fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, like as it kind of mentioned, it's an extra special bitter, which I understand is very popular it mentioned in England in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm gonna crack this open. Uh, start pouring. You can tell me what you've got. Yeah, sure thing. So, if you are um, a Brit of, I would say, a certain age, um, especially if you're a British expat, um, and you know, you are used to drinking in English pubs. Um, you will be familiar with Old Speckled Hen, um, especially as an expat who likes his ales because, or their ales, excuse me, because it's quite likely that's the only real British ale you can get your hands on for the most part because mm. it's not that easy to get things like pedigree, sadly. Yes. But uh, Old Speckled Hen, um, an English pale ale. Um, I've got a bottle of that, which I have stolen from my housemate, so I will be replacing Hobbs. I don't think you're listening, but um, <laughs> here we are. Um, and it's just... Um, very traditional English style pale ale, which I'm very, very excited about because I haven't had one of these in Lord knows how long. So I'm going to crack that while you talk to me about how your beer tastes. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't... I would just add, we, we haven't got the same beer because lockdown sucks. Yeah, we tried, but, you know, it's tough sometimes. Um, I don't think... Protest. I don't... I mean, yeah, you're not going to be able to talk because your microphone's down, but um, I don't think we've featured an extra special bitter before. Um Usually it's IPAs and hazies and stouts, if I'm honest. I don't think we've had an ESB. Um, so right off the bat, it's got like this very nice kind of caramel color to it. It's, I don't know, somewhat translucent. Um, even even the foam has like a little bit of a yellow hue to it. Um, but yeah, in terms of like generally the style ESB, um, it's kind of a mix of like the bitterness from the hops plus the malt flavor being quite present. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, taste this now, and you can uh, I don't know fill yep. fill the air. Yeah, I'm happy to fill the air as usual. Uh, not as usual, but just like it's what I'm always tell fucking me about doing. E- it's just tell talking me about bollocks. E- ESBs in England because I understand they're pretty popular there. Um, so English special bit so bitter in itself is very popular, especially up north. Mm. Uh, ESB is just like a type of uh, real ale usually you often find it on the hand pump um yeah fuller's is a really famous one fuller's esb i forget exactly what it's called um it is called um fuller's esb right yeah. it's not what i would describe as a great name but no. it gets the job done um it's but, no geezer pleaser no it's but no it is geezer, a geezer pleaser. pleaser and to my knowledge there's no um tongue twister on it no um, probably not yeah, so, so so basically, yeah, what you're looking at is pretty much what you said. It's a malt-driven pale ale, mm. um, which is the difference between an American pale ale and a British pale ale is that 
the ratio of malt and, and, and hops it tends to be a little bit more balanced whereas yeah. obviously america it's more like light crystal malts so like lager malts almost and then boom with hops whereas in the uk it's a bit more like the bittering hops and um much darker roasted malts yeah yeah i'm definitely getting uh the the malt flavor that kind of roasty sort of um flavor profile it's actually really fucking nice if i'm honest you should try and get your hands on some of this oh i absolutely will i love esp um i love bitter this this old speckled hen is probably not too far off in esp to be honest um Mm -hmm. it being um it being a pale ale i always think is a little bit like "Mm -hmm. that's not really true i mean it says on the on on it on like wikipedia that it's a it's a premium bitter on the bottle it says it's a pale ale i don't I don't really. I wouldn't call it a pale ale at all. But it, it, it's it's just a fantastic. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a classic. Yeah, a it's a very classic British beer. Yeah. Um, just getting like that dark, nice toasty flavor. The the like that caramel. I think is really part of it. Like yeah. toffee flavor yes. almost. Yeah, I'm um, getting a little bit of that with this as well. Yeah, I think. Um, I love ESB. You don't see much of it. I tell you actually where I had a couple of ESBs. Mm-hmm. Really random one. Um, I was drinking them on British Airways once. That, that makes um, a lot of sense. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> well, it's, it's just a random one to have on a flight. Right, you know? yeah. They didn't have a hand pull. Uh, yeah, it's oh usually my God, like, imagine that. It's usually like, here's a Heineken or a Corona fucking yeah, shut up. Yeah, pretty you much. Yeah. Uh, can I get nine Ronies? Thanks. Mm. Um, that'd be great, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, but yeah, like, it's... I think if you like craft beer and you're familiar with like the the American and Australian styles, trying some British real ale yeah. is a really different take on craft beer. Yeah, dude, I'm having just immediate flashbacks to when I was in England probably like eight years ago now. Yeah. Just well, the, I, just being in a pub in England, it's yeah. it's it's so fucking delightful. Like I'm just getting like a sense memory off it. So I, I, I had a, a small amount of homesickness yesterday and I've been, I struggle with it a little bit from time to time, mm. like without going into too much detail. Um, but I, I also realized that this year, about a month ago, mm-hmm. was the 10th anniversary of me leaving the UK. Oh, wow. And this week was the 14th anniversary of me leaving home. Um, mm. So like moving out of yeah, being 18. Right. Um, and I was just like, oh my God, like all this stuff. But like, yeah, 10 years of not being in British pubs is like, don't get me wrong, Australian pub culture is good, but it's not. Yeah, but you, not you can same. find a few around Melbourne that kind of have a similar vibe, but it's kind of not the same. It's, the really, same time. it's really not. I, um, I, 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 it, it's, yeah, it's a vibe that you can't quite replicate, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but this beer is, it's giving me nice nostalgia hit. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying that. Actually, I'm just enjoying it a lot. It is yeah. it is a, a, a tasty beer. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to cover on this beer. Um, Go buy some. I, th- I, th- yeah, nice. I think I've, I've already downed about a half of it just now because it's... Yeah. I'm going to chuck some on, on Google now. It's so just, the, it's just that up. right sort of balance. Like It's only 5.5%. It's not too strong in any one flavor direction other than, you know, the malt being more present than the hop flavor. Yeah. Oh man, it's out of stock already on Beer Cartel. Mm. Yeah, and, goof, at, at, I mean, and at Purvis. Oh really? Okay. Well, wow. You might have to try a little harder later. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. Okay. Um, I think I might have just lucked out because I, I just went into like Purvis's new beers section, hid all the stuff that's already out of stock, and then just grabbed it. So I think it's only just come out. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, mm. Black Hearts is sold out. Jesus, everywhere. So, well, well, I'm not getting any of that, am I? Well, you might. Struggling, struggling. Yeah. Worst case, I can hold one for you. To be to be fair, it does say here's a beer for homesick poms on this Black Heart website, yeah. and there's plenty of us in Australia these yes. days. So I'm uh, yes, not surprised uh, it's sold out. <laughs> yes. Um, fair play. Anyway, shall we move on? Let's to get story. into it. There's been beer heavy start, so let's get yes. into the uh, story. Yes. Um. So. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but the the word geezer is just British slang for a, a man, right? There's there's I'm not missing anything. It's interesting because I was trying to explain this to someone the other week, and by the other week, I obviously mean about two years ago. Um, that in America, geezer is like an old dude. Yeah, 
You usually say crotchety. old geezer if you meant yeah. old man. In the UK, yeah, but a geezer yeah. is just an old guy in the US. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. But in the UK, a geezer is a bloke, usually a little on the dodgier side. Right. So, like, you wouldn't be like, a priest would never be a geezer. Right, okay. I mean, there might be a paedophile, but it's not really that kind of dodgy. It's a different kind of dodgy. Um, right, just shady business practice. Yeah, it's more like a geezer could probably... Uh, if they can't sell you, they could definitely put you on to someone that can sell you some drugs. Or right. <laughs> if if if, a, if you were talking to a geezer and he's like, oh, "I've got some, um, I've got some wheels you might be interested in for the car," uh-huh. you wouldn't ask where he got them. Right. All right. Um, okay. Geezers just have that air of being a little bit like, a bit tasty, a bit, a bit spicy. Um, yeah. I, I I also was not familiar with. I didn't know if geezer pleaser meant something. Um, so I. I <laughs> Googling geezer pleaser and getting some very weird results. Well, I did Fake find taxi. I did find an entry on Urban Dictionary which defines it as a woman who goes after older men. That's got to be a US one then. Uh, we're not going down that road today, though. Oh, that's not what it's about. No, it's not no. about Hannah Nicole Smith. No. Um, oh my god, that would have been a really good joke if you'd done no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> today uh, we're going to be talking about a particular group of geezers, uh, including someone who goes by the name of geezer. It's Black Sabbath. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. And we're, right. and we're doing it on the Sabbath. Look and at us. And we're both wearing black, kind yeah, of as we usual. Might, we might as well be Satanists. I am, so. All right, well, let's get into it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Black Sabbath. You've probably heard of them by now, even if you aren't a fan <laughs> of heavy metal. <laughs> I thought you heard by this part of the episode. It's like, because I already mentioned yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> from a minute ago. Uh, it was me. I said it. Um, mm. Sorry, I just need to uh, fuel myself with, Wet your whistle With more British juice um, <laughs> So, oh, no. look man, I, I woke up with a hangover And am still tired And this is kicking in nicely Fair Yeah, uh, so the, the band started in 1969 Nice In Birmingham, England uh, Yeah, you, can, you don't have to pronounce the H in Birmingham 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 Birmingham. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Proper brummy in it. Um, <laughs> I know, just enough. It's done nothing like a brummy, but okay. No. Um, and they, they went on to be one of the foundational bands in the heavy metal genre, um, basically inspiring most heavy metal bands since, yeah. in some way. Um, became known very quickly for their dark music and sinister lyrics. Uh, as well as, and this is more for the music nerds out there, uh, as well as making heavy use of the tritone, uh, it's a particular a discordant musical interval between two notes that is also known as the devil's interval. Ah, oh, I think we might have discussed this on that. Probably, because you, you did a whole thing on the satanic panic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I forget. Yeah, so if, if you take like a musical scale, the tritone is exactly halfway between... The, the octave, um, and it sounds real messed up if you play them at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they had a lot of lineup changes over the f- like 50-ish years the band was active. Um, Jesus. Yeah, it would, it would honestly take way too long to go through fucking even half of the stories about... That's what this episode all is. ...all of the people. Um, yes, the revolving doors that are Black Sabbath. Um, but no, I'm, today we're just going to talk about the, uh, the founding four, the founding members... Of, uh, of Black Sabbath. The original Fab Four. Yes. Um, so we are going to start with Geezer Butler, uh, the reason I made this pairing today. Um, That's such a good name. Geezer Butler. Uh, he was the founding <laughs> bass player uh, for Black Sabbath and actually wrote the majority of the band's lyrics while he was in the band. Yeah, rad. Um, he, it, look, Geezer isn't the guy's real first name. You're kidding me. Yeah. His parents didn't look at him and be like, he looks dodgy. Yeah, that is an absolute geezer of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, his uh his 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 government name is uh Terence Michael Joseph Butler. Oh God, you can see where I went with geezer. Yeah. Uh if you're wondering why folks actually call him geezer, it's real dumb. Um apparently when he was a child he would just call everyone geezer and he did it enough that people just started calling him geezer. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, this was like when he was, I don't know, eight or nine or something like that. I can just imagine this little child running around calling people geezer. Being addressed as geezer by a nine-year-old is. That's a new life goal. Hello, geezer. The thing is, like, geezer in the UK, like I said, just just kind of means 
man, and like to be kind of simple about it, imagine if like in you know in the culture of Australia, if you just went around called like mate spirit or guy spirit, dude spirit, like yeah, dude spirit, yeah. But- Someone asked in a professional capacity very recently before I went on to a live um, webinar mm-hmm. whether or not my f- surname was pronounced Spirit or Spiray, by the way. Um, so, Giza Spiray. <laughs> did you did you go with Spiray for the extra flair? Uh, no, but of course everybody else did. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so on, on the actual music side of things, um, Giza has a pretty interesting playing style on the bass, um, especially for the time. This is like, you know late 60s early 70s everyone's kind of still in the the hippie kind of flower power situation Mm. um yeah quite a a melodic bass playing style um so instead of just like you know replicating what the guitars are doing on the bass he's actually kind of playing you know melody lines that move around in different directions but don't feel out of place yeah um, I I actually put on because I haven't listened to Sabbath in fucking ages. I just I put on pa- their album Paranoid while I was writing this, yeah, and it yeah. was the best time. Um, I I was very close to just opening a beer while I was doing that, but then it was like eleven in the morning, so I didn't. Mm, yeah, <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> Lockdown, um, baby. <laughs> if look, if you're wondering, Paranoid still whips. Yeah, I'll have to give it a crack. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you want a good example of what I mean by sort of melodic bass playing style um the song war pigs especially towards the end of that song has some really good stuff if you just listen for the bass part um but yeah it's it's so good um he was one of the first bassists to use a wah pedal which to me is still a bizarre sound when you hear a bass mm. going through a wah uh I, f- I forget which song it is i can't it, even oh, really imagine it yeah i think nib kind of opens with about a minute of him just playing it um, playing bass through a wire pedal. Um, I'm assuming you don't mean the Australian health insurance firm. Like you ring them and that's how it sounds. What? Nothing. Carry on. <laughs> wire pedal? What, what is happening? No, NIB. Never mind. Oh, right. <laughs> NIB insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's when you said that. I was like, no, no. the song <laughs> NIB. Well, yeah, obviously. Anything like you call them, they're like, hold please. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne screaming at you through a phone. That'd be so good. I would call that line. Um, he he also uh, tuned the bass down a bit. Um, You're right, but like, that, that, that drop that, drop tuned. Uh, yeah, they they went down. I think it was it was a few albums after they started. They went down. I think three semitones um, from the the E standard tuning down to a C sharp, um, which no one was really doing at the time. Uh, but that, it was actually to match the tuning of the guitarist, which we'll we'll come back to in a bit. I think I think that's that's worth kind of just like draw attention to because if you're not musically inclined, mm. that meant nothing. But it's the fact that no one was doing it. Yeah, no. So it was weird. Yeah. So you get like lower pitch notes. Then well, it's a it's a bass. It's really low, but you know, it's yeah. If if no one's doing <laughs> it, really it would fucking of, stand out. Why don't you just make ten louder? This one's one louder than that. <laughs> yes. One, one, the bass is really low. This one's one lower. <laughs> I, I, I need to Three sit lower. down and watch This Is Spinal Tap. I've seen bits and pieces, just like clips out of context, but I've never watched it. I saw it years it. ago. I need to watch it again. I've never watched it like from start to finish. Um, yeah, it's good. But yeah, I've, I've seen enough to know that I will enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Maybe um, there's Arvo. There you go. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the, the lyrics that he penned, uh, heavily influenced by his interest in religion, science fiction, fantasy, horror and sort of the darker parts of uh, humanity, generally. Yeah, they, 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 they've got quite a bit in there about, like, um, obviously war and, um, mm. you know, and, and uh, it would have been around the time of Vietnam, wouldn't it, as well, for a start? Yeah, well, they started, they started in 1969 and then pretty active through the 70s and the 80s. Yeah, but then, like, yeah, there's stuff about, like, is it Sabbath that have got songs about? Oh no, it's Led Zeppelin that write about Lord of the Rings quite a lot. Yes, yes they did. <laughs> yeah, um, Ze- Zeppelin really were bullied by Sabbath at school, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they would have been. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Um, but a couple of a couple of uh, choice lines that I've plucked out. Um, what is this that stands before me? Figure in black, which points at me, um, which is from the, the song Black Sabbath, which is where they got. So where they got the name was, I think, Geezer Butler himself woke up in the night and thought he saw a figure at the end of his bed and that's what that line is referring to 
you and me both, brother. Yeah. Um, and look into my eyes. You will see who I am. My name is Lucifer. Please take my hand. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. And again, 1969. Yeah. People would have been shitting their fans listening to yes. this. Fuck yeah. But yeah, so that that's Geezer Butler. Um, that's kind of a very, very quick run through of him. And now we're right. on to... I'm very pleased about that geese. Yes. He's a, he's a pleasing geezer. I don't know. Pleasing geezing. He had a big old mustache. He looked like a real lad. I could have Googled him while you go on to the next one. Yes. Uh, so we're going to move from the bassist to the guitarist. Now it's Tony Iommi time. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, the lead guitarist of Black Sabbath. You're looking Sorry, at this guy looks like an evil Frank Zappa. Yeah, he does a bit. He's fucking rad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the lead guitarist, Tony Iommi. Um, that last name is awkward to say. I-O-M-M-I. Isn't it Iommi? Yeah, sure. Sure, why not? Just back-to-back vowels. I'm not a fan of it. Um, nah. He was the writer for most of the band's music, uh, and the actually the only person to stay in Black Sabbath for its entire run. Really? Yeah, <laughs> he stayed through Shit. the whole way. Um, when not, when Tony not a lot going on? <laughs> yeah, when Tony was 17, he had an accident while working in a sheet metal factory. I wrote that sentence and then thought, "Fuck, teenagers used to be hard as hell." Yeah, no joke. Like, <laughs> I know, like. Boomers like to be like, oh, teen- kids are so mollycoddled mm. these days, and good, they're children, mm. but like... <laughs> yeah, drop out of school, work at a sheet metal factory, get fucked. Um, yeah, no joke. But yeah, he had an accident there, uh, resulting in him losing the tips of his middle and ring finger on his right hand. Now, being a left-handed guitarist, yes. that was the hand he used on the neck to make the notes. Um, it referred to as his fretting hand, which I will probably say again later because I'm a guitarist and that just comes naturally to me. Fretting hand does sound like fretting, yeah. though. Yeah. Mm, we're not doing this. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, after he had that accident, he was told uh, that he'd never play guitar again, uh, but he wasn't having that. Um, the, the factory foreman actually introduced him to the music of Django Reinhardt. Who was a? I like Django Reinhardt. Yeah, a talented jazz guitarist who had himself suffered extensive burns, which rendered the ring and pinky finger on his fretting hand unusable for playing guitar. So he basically just had his first two fingers. Yeah. Um, have you have you ever seen Reinhardt's finger hand? Yeah, it it, lo- it is a mess. It, it looks like he's like bending it in a really strange way when he's playing, but it's yeah. just because he's only using two fingers. I think, yeah, the the guy was uh, essentially just. Yeah, had no real dexterity in that finger, but he was phenomenal. Yes. He's a gypsy. Yes, yeah. Gypsy jazz kind of kind of vibes. Um, yeah, fantastic guitarist. But yeah, so, and, and he, he was able to, to use those uh, injured fingers for forming chords, and that was about it. So just like, you know, slamming them against the, the fretboard. Um, but he kind of had focused on playing with just those two fingers and built his mastery of the guitar back up. Um, yeah, but back to Tony, um, he he actually ended up making some thimbles for his injured fingers so that he could still use those fingers while playing because he just lost the tips. So he just yeah, had right. to like, make them a bit longer again. Why can I find some metal to do this with? Well, No, Tony. <laughs> no, they, they were homemade. So he took an empty dishwashing liquid bottle, melted it down, and used a soldering iron to shape it into a bit looking a bit like a finger. Uh, and that's... What he, that like look it's what he started with all right he probably, again it's a different world for teenagers yeah, wasn't it <laughs> he um he then cut some leather from a jacket to cover the prosthetic um so these these made playing the guitar a bit tricky as you might imagine you, yeah you're kidding uh he wasn't able to feel the strings through the prosthetics um meaning that he would he would press on the strings kind of a bit too hard i imagine like that's something you could get used to and kind of readjust how much pressure you're putting on Actually, finding the strings by touch must be a yeah, nightmare. Yeah, probably. Um, he also found it quite hard to bend the strings. Um, so he actually ended up looking for lighter gauge strings. So, you know, there's, they're thinner, yeah. they're a bit easier to bend. Uh, but they didn't exist at the time. No, no. one was making any. Uh, so he had to resort to using banjo strings until the company started making lighter gauge strings. <laughs> Just like, so I lost my fingers, so I made some new ones, and then they didn't work, so I needed some new strings, and yeah. then they didn't work, so I used some banjo ones, and mm-hmm. uh, then uh, it's like, what else, what else happened? It's like, and then my other hand didn't work, so I made a mechanical one. Yeah. 
Um, as I kind of mentioned before during the uh, the the geezer section, um, Tony also moved to tuning his guitars down to lower tunings. Mm-hmm. Um, that has two outcomes. Uh, it it results in sort of a a, a bigger, lower, heavier kind of sound for one thing, um, but it also loosens the strings a little bit, so it would make it easier to to bend. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah, just like this guy is still res- like even with you know injured fingers, responsible for some of the most recognizable riffs in heavy metal history. Yeah, like I listened to like War Pigs, Paranoid, uh, Iron Man. Those songs are so good, man. I have all my fingers and a lot of spare time, and I'm a terrible guitarist. He had almost none of his fingers mm. and was busy building new ones. Yes. And presumably still working in a sheet metal factory because Birmingham. No, that injury apparently happened on his last day at the factory. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you be Just pissed? one day away from retirement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna retire into a band. Oh yeah, no! Fuck, poor bastard. Yeah, that would suck as well if you were like, I'm giving up the sheet metal job to be to play guitar in a band, and then last day it's like, whoop. Yeah, and then you just see the foreman just be like, just tears up his resignation letter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, two down, two to go. We're gonna move on now to Black Sabbath drummer Bill Ward. Uh, Honestly, he seemed to be the least interesting of the bunch from what I could find. I could see it in your face. You're like, no one knows who Black Sabbath's drummer is. Like, no. Now we're going to be on to Black Sabbath's drummer, Bill Ward. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so the the most noteworthy part of his of his uh, Wikipedia page actually is just titled Pranks. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm going to focus on because it's kind of mental. Just didn't anticipate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I wasn't drinking. You would have got the spit take. Yeah. <laughs> you would have won. And then yeah. the podcast ends. <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah, apparently so the rest of the band would play pranks on Bill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's not even doing them. What a prank. <laughs> and I, 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 have, I have to be clear with you. When I say prank, what I mean is they almost killed him. <laughs> it's so much better. Um, Bill Ward, you suck. Look, there's there's this one quote. <laughs> this one quote from an interview Tony Iommi did with Guitar World, and it's honestly crazy. I'm just going to read you the whole thing. Please. I'm not doing an accent. I'm just going to read it. Go on. No. Go to me. No. Hello. My name's Tony Iommi. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, so, quote reads as follows. Bill and I were in the studio rehearsing one day, and out of the blue I asked him, may I set you on fire, Bill? And he said, well, not now, not now. And then I forgot about it. Later well, on, not I'm so well. not even close to halfway. Later on, when the day ended, he said to me, well, I'm going home now. You still want to set me on fire or what? <laughs> and I said, sure. So I took a small can of lighter fluid and sprayed it on him, lit a match, and woomph. He was wearing these polyester pants, so they burned really quickly, and he was on the floor screaming and crying. I could not help him because I was so busy laughing. <laughs> It actually turned out to be quite serious. I felt really bad for him. He was sent to the hospital. Later on, his mother called me on the phone and said, You barmy bastard. It's about time you grew up. Our Bill is going to have his leg off. But things like that always happened to Bill. End of quote. Yeah, that was like someone set you on fire and you had to get a leg amputated. Your mum ringing up and going, you bummy bastard. I don't think his leg actually came off. Like, it was just... Just emotional blackmail by yeah. Mrs. Ward. Yeah. Um, there's, there's just one, Bill playing on a voice. There is one, other, Mrs. Ward one other prank I'm going to tell you about. Because it's another almost death for Bill Ward. Hang on. Uh... Me and Tony were recording in the studio, and he said, Bill, can I chop your head off? And I said, well, not now. <laughs> and then I said, me. I was about to go for lunch, and I thought, Tony, do you want to chop my head off now? <laughs> I just want to stay in the band, please. All I've got is a steak knife. 
<sighs> anyway, Bill's mum rang and said, you daft sod. <laughs> <laughs> you silly bastard. Oh, you youngins. <laughs> so please... <laughs> please tell me about Bill Warden is now missing testicles or yes, something. Yes, well... Another another time, and then we're going to move on from this because I, I can't cope. Um, <laughs> Ward had passed out naked after a night of boozing, uh, and the others thought it would be funny to cover his entire body in gold spray paint. They're right. They ended up having to call an ambulance after he became sick and had a seizure. It turns out that the paint had blocked all of his pores, and yeah. that can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let me just think. Trying to turn him into the Tin Man or something? No, um, they were trying to turn him into the uh, uh, 1964 movie Goldfinger. Ah, um, the bit at the beginning of that. Have you seen Goldfinger? No, um, he uh, or Goldfinger paints a lady entirely gold to kill her. Well, there you go. I mean, they were like blackout drunk. I, I doubt they were like, ah, yes, remember the film of 1964. Why yeah. are they already old men? Why are they talking like that? Jill Masterton. That's who. <laughs> and she did. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of it for Bill Ward. I didn't want to dig much further than that because I think that's funny enough. I think it starts getting sad as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she died, you know. Yes. Just, hey, you ever prank your friends so hard they almost die? Black Sabbath did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good times. He's still alive. Yes. Like me, well, somehow. Now we're going to move on to the last member of the group, the man whose name is basically synonymous with Black Sabbath, despite getting fired from the band at some point. It's the band singer Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> just, like, just imagine you're like, and now the man whose name is uh, almost synonymous with the group. It's Black Sabbath. <laughs> it's an interesting name. It's, we had one guy called Geezer, and this guy was called Black Sabbath. So. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, his, Slack his, Babbath. His his real first name is John Michael, so he joins Geezer Butler in the very boring real name club. John Michael Osborne. Yes. Actually, I thinking about it, I didn't think his name was Oswald. Oh, that would have actually been way better. It would have been Oswald funny. Osborne. That's kind of awkward to say. That's the thought. Sharon Osborne's a prick. Yeah. Just out loud. That's actually that. like an interesting thing I found out while researching this is. Ozzy's wife, Sharon, uh, was the daughter of Don Arden, the band's manager. I didn't know that. Huh. Neither did I. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, there's plenty of cover, plenty to cover with Ozzy alone, considering yeah. the success of both Sabbath and his solo music career. Um, but the thought, later things like the Osbournes. Yes, but I thought today what I would focus on is the, some of the more controversial stories that basically get turned into myths more than anything. And you probably know them, but I'm going to tell them anyway. Uh, so, I don't know yet. Let's find out. Given the nature of the lyrics of Sabbath's music and the fact that Ozzy adopted the name Prince of Darkness at some point um, oh, yeah. throughout throughout the time, um, it should come to no surprise that people have accused Ozzy of being a Satanist and a negative influence on people, teenagers specifically. But actually, he was just a Black Panther. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You said, my God, in a really posh accent. Oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> um, I can't no, it's, it's, done this. It's a claim that he, <laughs> claim that he denies. I, yeah, it's it's tough to back any of that stuff up. It's kind of satanic panic stuff, like you mentioned in that episode. Why would you deny that, though? What a yeah. silly thing to do. Just be like, Mystique, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did definitely do things to play on it. Like, they put yeah. out a song called Mr. Crowley. A reference, to down, a, down, down. A, a reference to the occultist Alistair Crowley, which had sim, who had similar allegations against him. Who apparently Giza Butler was very interested in. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Actually, very, very inspired by his writings. Um, if you want to laugh yourself into a partial coma, listen to the last podcast and the last episodes about Alistair Crowley, because in like the, they're all quite long, or like an hour late each, mm. but in the third episode, it explains how he was... Alistair Crowley was a notorious, um, I don't know if he was bisexual or homosexual at a time, and obviously it wasn't really, it was kind of frowned upon, but he once bottomed so hard he, he could put the guy in a coma. Well. <laughs> one of the funniest scenes in the podcast. I think I, I think I had to stop the car. <laughs> I was crying. Oh, man. 
Alistair Crowley, ultimate power bottom. Please do go on. <laughs> S rank power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, put that bottom on a dino. Oh, yeah. mm. <clears throat> All right. So Anywho. you've probably heard about the bat thing, which I will get to. Um, but there okay. was actually a similar incident that happened a year before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was after Ozzy had signed his first solo record deal. And he was in a meeting with uh, CBS Records in which he had planned to release doves as a sign of peace. Why you would do that in a meeting is beyond me. <laughs> What he would do in the meeting as well. So, and the Prince of Darkness, anyway. Anyway, here's some doves. Um, but, <laughs> he does just like a hippie that discovered goths, yeah. to be fair. Um, but in typical Aussie fashion, he was shit-faced. Uh, so what he did instead was grab one of the doves, bite its head off, and then spit the, the head out as blood dripped from his lips. In the yeah. middle of a fucking meeting. Peace, brother. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, then in the following year, uh, he he bit the head off of a bat during a concert in Iowa. Uh, he thought the bat was rubber. Um, it had just been kind of thrown onto the stage. Um, the question of whether the bat was alive prior to the show to me was a bit unclear. Um, the person, I mean, who, it would have been prior to the show. Well, prior to it, immediately <laughs> prior to it. Um, <laughs> The, the the man who threw it onto the stage uh, said that they brought it to the show dead um, and then just kind of threw it up there. Like, you know, some people throw shoes and shirts and some people throw dead bats. Yeah. Um, right. Ozzy later claimed that it was alive and it managed to bite him first uh, with him then getting treated for rabies. I am going to choose to believe Ozzy's version because it's way funnier to me that he got bit by a bat and then just thought, you bite me, I bite you. I did this a year ago. I'm, I'm I'll ready. I'll you, you bastard. Yeah, I'll bite you right back. So my understanding is that it's not even a true story, but I, as a little treat to myself, choose to believe the one you just told. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's more fun and it hurts no one. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, especially if the bat was already dead. Like, who is... Exactly. Hang on. Who is going foraging for dead bats? Taxidermists. Good point. Moving on. <laughs> Good point, well made. So, I've got one. Yeah, you've got a lot of weird stuff, though. Yeah. Um, but look, that's um, that's kind of it for today's uh, session on the Sabbath. Um, we're definitely going to hell for doing did. doing this on the Sabbath. I don't know, but you did make that sound like we're in church, and that's it for today's <laughs> session on the that's Sabbath. That's it for today's sermon. Uh, praise Lucifer. Um, look, go, go, go listen to Sabbath. It still kicks ass. Yeah. Go listen to some Sabbath and play Doom. That would be all right, actually. I, I was going to say, your eyes went like, then like, holy yeah. shit, that's a good idea. My, my first thought was, down, do I still said, have Doom installed? Well, I looked down when you said, listen to Sabbath, and Doom was looking at me, and I was like, oh, that'd be a good time. I might install old Doom. Oh, yeah. Oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Oh, no, I'm not going to push The that way button. you did, oh, sounded like him. Oh. Um, maybe like, oh, maybe I should play like Doom, original Doom, and listen to Sabbath. Like, sorry, Katie. Um, we've got some stuff to do. Oh, what's that? You're gonna sit there and watch. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hand me British beers while I do this. I thought you were gonna say hand me brisket. <laughs> also, rad. oh, you know. this keeps getting more and more appealing. All right, let's get out of this and into the outro so that I can go and eat something. I'm starving. All right, Mike. Um. You, you you strike me as someone that was quite a big like Sabbath fan back in the day and stuff. I, like, it was your like teenage years was that kind of music? No, well I listened to that kind of music, but not much Sabbath if I'm honest. Like I, I knew some songs here and there, but today yeah, was probably one of the first times in a long time I'd listened to a whole album, and I listened to three of them actually. Yeah, fair play. So yeah. I'm I'm a nightmare for like this. Like I know Sabbath songs, like I know Zeppelin songs, like I know Rolling Stones songs. Never listened to full albums, never in my life. Yeah, okay. And I made that mistake recently where I was like. The Rolling Stones are one of the world's foremost bands. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to some of their album albums. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever spent any time listening to the Rolling Stones albums. Not much. They're shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
The best Rolling Stones album by far is the best of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yes. Like, without a doubt. Like, I give the Beatles a hard time because I think they're vastly overrated. I think yeah. the Beatles are good and I think they're very important, but I don't think that they should be seen the way that they are. Yeah. Anyway. I would agree. But the Beatles made good albums. Yeah, sure. The Rolling Stones did not. I listened to one called His Satanic Majesty, and I was like, whoa, this sounds rad. Mm. Shit. Okay. It's just jingly, jangly, psychedelic bullshit. Not, <laughs> not like Sgt. Pepper, which was good. Yeah, right. So I'm going to go and potentially, if Katie can stomach it, maybe listen to some Sabbath. Dude, just listen to Paranoid. Like, okay. That whole question. album is actually really good, start to finish. Right. Other, other ones are too, but that's just the one I listened to uh, today. Other albums are available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, 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 what was your like intro to metal growing up like? Uh, it's honestly probably Metallica, if I'm honest. Another band I've never listened to. Yeah, enough. or like, I think, I was talking about this last night with some friends. My first CD was Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. Hey, same here. Yeah. I bought that and the Foo Fighters Color and the Shape at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I stand by those being great albums. They are. Yeah, Hybrid Theory still whips. Um, yeah. But that was probably my way in to sort of heavier forms of music. Yeah, I think, I think we were at that turning point that Linkin Park was really like when we were teenagers that was like the latest hottest thing that and then there was a lot of indie bands coming out of the US and stuff and I was quite into like mm. I was quite lucky in the UK because we had things like Britpop and stuff so I was introduced yeah, right. to guitar bands pretty young mm-hmm. but um, yeah I think Linkin Park was where I kind of started mm. I never got into like Metallica is one of those bands I just never got into yeah I, I, I get through like give them a look. waves with them like it's more nostalgia for me than anything now like, if they put out a new album, I'm like, okay, but I'm going to go listen to the older stuff, if anything. I was going to say, does anyone like New Metallica? It's like New Guns N' Roses. Not that Guns N' Roses are any good. They've made four good at songs. Least, at least Metallica's the same people. Yeah. That might also be the reason that yeah. no one cares anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah. Didn't fucking Lars Ulrich buy his way into Metallica? I don't think so. Who's the drummer? Yeah, he's... yeah. Uh, my understanding was that he's just loaded so he was like early days I don't know if this is a joke someone told that yeah, early no, days he was just like I'll just not, pay for shit he's not I, I remember like sort of reading the story of the band's origin and stuff around it he, oh. no he, he used to be like fucking going to record stores and like ordering tapes from overseas and doing weird shit like real scrappy madman mad yeah um, it does remind me slightly of um Uh, oh, the the offspring, um, the lead singer of the offspring, Dexter. That that was my like my first big love of bands was the offspring. Yeah, um, Dexter Holland uh, is a PhD in microbiology. The lead yes, singer. and the guitarist, a guy affectionately known as Noodles, was the janitor at their high school who would buy them beer. Amazing. It's like the disparity there well, is I, I, I think like specifically awesome. on, on The Offspring, like didn't one of their band members recently come out and like say some bad shit about vaccines and then they kicked him out because Dexter Holland was like, fuck off, they they work, what are you talking about? Um, I didn't know that, but that is quite interesting. I don't know someone in the band or someone in like their, their sort of team around the band, but I'm pretty sure he yeah. recently kicked someone out for being an anti-vaxxer. That's totally fair. Yeah. Um, it looks like they kicked out their bassist in 2018, yeah, um, right. who was replaced by a band a guy called Todd Morse from a band called H2O that I don't know. Yeah. I know that their drummer has changed a few times. Ron Waitley was the original, and then they got the guy from A Perfect Circle in. Right. Um, Weird. Yeah. I know that also um, A Perfect Circle, fuck A Perfect Circle, because it's Maynard James Keenan, who was... Um, publicly accused of rape and then just nobody fucking bothered to give any um uh what's what i'm looking for like any um follow-up like yeah attention yeah. wow um so it just got swept under the rug which i think is fucking awful yeah um yeah but um yeah apparently noodles and dexter are the dexter's the only remaining original member mm. and then noodles whose real name is kevin john wasserman um, right is still in the band but he's not an original member. Mm. Man, there are some... There's been a lot of people in this band. Yes. Holy crap. Anyway, um, um, yeah. this is just 
You're looking at web pages now. Let's yeah, uh, man. Good old Wikipedia. It's a yeah, good time yeah. for me. Let's. Uh, um, I don't yeah, know. Man. Anything else to say regarding Black Sabbath? These beers. Nah, that was my point. It was going to be was. Um, it's forgotten. Don't worry about it. All right. Cool. Sick. <laughs> well, um, this was another one of those. Um, it was, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it. Uh, you can find us on all these socials. There is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Hey Brew Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hey Brew Podcast. Mike, how else can I get in touch? Well, there's an email address. If you want to, I don't know, send us, send me a birthday card via email. How about send that? Send me an e-card. They're send not, me an not e-card and I won't open it because it looks like spam. Uh, the email, I was about to say my birthday is, no, the email address is hello at heybrew.zone. <laughs> Uh, there's also the website which is heybrew.zone you can find links there to podcast platforms that we're on you can just listen to episodes there you can find what else can you find there's information about the show generally yeah there's links Um, to everything that we've kind of mentioned yeah that's kind of it that's pretty much it it's a pretty good website I like it yeah it's simple it does the job it does the trick yeah Um, other than that we've got um what have we got? Oh, leave us reviews. Yeah, please. Um, Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, whichever it is, one of the two you listen to, let's be honest. Um, leave us a review, please. We'd love it. Yeah. Uh, just even if they're bad reviews, I don't even care anymore. It's just the end. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just do it. It's, it's good to know that people are out there and they're listening <laughs> to our show. That is the, the accurate element for this. It's just good to know that someone else is there. Yeah. That we're not just screaming into the void. Well... I mean, I, I, I am anyway. It's just, it's nice when the void screams back. Oh, oh. I, I mean, I like that in a way. It's fucked up, but I like it. Yeah. It's nice when the void screams back. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> just thousand yard staring, lockdown vibes. Um, yeah, man. I think that's probably going to do it. I don't have anything else. Nah, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks very much. This has been an episode of Hey Brew. Uh, I've been Elliot. I've been Mike. Cheers. Cheers. I should probably go and do like some exercise now. Like I've, I've hired an exercise bike and yeah. I've not been on it this week as much as I should. But I don't want to do it directly after a beer. No. that's a great way to throw up. But well, it's not even that. It's more just like you feel like crap as you're doing it. Yeah. But yeah. the other problem is I just want another drink now. Yeah. I'm also kind of peckish. Yeah. I, I would drink another one of those beers in a fucking heartbeat.